In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, today... We have another killjoy topic from Nicole. Your patient <laughs> is not your friend. They're not. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that. But guys, this is the week of Pelvicon. And I am a big, I got to tell you, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. I feel like podcasting is the closest thing that we actually can get to like time travel. Because when you guys hear this, like we're probably going to be on a plane to Atlanta, but we haven't really left yet. There's a little bit of a conundrum there, I feel. Is there really though? And then, like, there's other ones that are, like, time capsules, right? You could go back and hear what we thought about, like, COVID back in March of 2020. I don't know. I think there's something interesting about that. Like, when we're recording this, we have to be predicting what we're going to be doing in the future for you guys. Like, that might not, maybe that changed. Maybe our flight gets moved. I don't know. Maybe we road trip it out to Atlanta. Actually, you know, a lot of times there are times when we actually are doing the podcast episode, like, really late, where it's like, uh, tomorrow... Is it's coming out, and then other times we are doing them a little bit more in advance, and we are anticipating being super busy for Pelvicon, so we are recording this a little bit earlier. Yeah, so you guys might be listening to this on the way out to Pelvicon yourselves. Woohoo, we're gonna see you soon. Yes, so Nicole, talk to me about this though. Your patient is not your friend. I feel like this is one of those things that's actually kind of cool about the pelvic health profession and specialty is that this is even like a possibility because for most medical practitioners like you're never worried like surgeons aren't going to a podcast and being like well your patient's not your friend true right they're like they're unconscious the whole time you're cutting them open like of course they're not your friend but this is a very real thing for public health totally and i think that you bring up a great point where that our relationship by the nature of what we do and by how much time we get to spend with people it does change our relationship a bit. And I think the tendency sometimes from patients is that they feel like, and they are disclosing very personal things like they may have never told anybody else, similar to potentially their best friend, their family member, something like that. And so those lines can get blurred pretty easily. And the attachment that patients have sometimes to the therapist is actually driven by the personal nature of some of the things that we have to talk about. So it's more likely in our field because of the times that we, the time that we have with patients, the nature of what they're talking about. And a lot of us are just like cool people (laughs) too. So we're really passionate about what we do. And sometimes that passion can be misconstrued, I think, by patients 
as, oh my gosh, she gets me. We're besties now that I've just disclosed this thing to her. She seems really excited that I've done that. And yay, let's go have a glass of wine together. So what are some signs, Nicole, that you might be sliding into the friend zone here? Well, here's what I would say. I mean, in general, and these are gross generalizations because it can happen to anybody with any patient, but I would say it's more likely if the patient is in your same age range or same life spectrum. So if you just got married and they're getting married right now, all of a sudden you guys are talking about weddings during your session, stuff like that. So if they're the same age or in the same life boat that you are, I think that that can be more likely where it's some easier to cross into that friend zone. Maybe another way to think about this is that if you end up talking about non-clinical things, the majority of your treatment session, you might be in the friend zone. You might be in the friend zone if you are breaching your typical boundaries, like this person has your personal cell phone, they're emailing you things that are not pelvic health related, that kind of stuff. I think those are some of the main ones, but I think this kind of begs the question, Nicole, it's like, we do want to have a clinical connection with our patients, right? There does need to be a level of trust. There needs to be a level of openness, a lot of those words are associated with friendship as well. Like, why is it bad if you start feeling like you're kind of friends? I just feel like the the problem is, is that our, we need to understand is that just making a clinical connection with somebody is does not equal a friendship, period. So the problem is, is that when this starts to happen, then one of the things that can happen is that we can get distracted in our session. And now all of a sudden, we've spent... 45 minutes talking about getting married and all of the things that are around going along in both of our lives about that. And now we have missed an opportunity for education on what we're actually working on or, hey, pause right here. I want you to look at how you're breathing right now. Those kinds of things. In in somebody that's not in that friend zone where you just don't have very much interest together, where it, you are forced kind of to talk more clinically, then it's very easy to interject a lot of those clinical things. And in fact, that might be your entire conversation through the whole time. And so are those people really getting the same level of service and the same level of care? Sometimes not, you right. know? So if you're saying, oh no, I don't want to interrupt this great conversation we're having with this boring clinical stuff, or you're feeling a little bit reluctant, like, oh, we're having such a good talk. Like, I don't want to, right? But what is that saying? That means you might not be giving the same level of care to that person. Totally. Or if you all of a sudden look up and you're like, oh my gosh, my time's almost out. And you didn't even, and you've done all your internal pelvic floor stuff. You've done all the external stuff you're going to do that day. You're hurrying up and teaching them like one stretch, which now kind of seems weird because you just really want to keep talking. Like that is an example of you being distracted in your session and an evidence that you might be in the friend zone when you really aren't giving that person your expert level care that you would be giving somebody else that isn't in that zone. I think another thing that kind of goes into that and obviously not being a clinician, but just kind of thinking about this and having heard you talk about this with our staff and other people, I think, A, when you're friends with somebody, you you worry about that relationship. You want that relationship to go. Well, you want to be liked, basically. We all have that. That's an inherent human tendency. But if you care more about being liked than the job that you're doing, you can be reluctant to challenge people 
It can affect your clinical decision-making. It can affect your clinical recommendations. I know that she's just got a crazy time with that wedding coming up. It's probably, I'll just tell her to come every couple of weeks now, or it's totally fine. She can, she can skip a couple of weeks. It'll be okay. Yeah. So, and I, that's a great point. And I do think that it makes you reluctant to challenge somebody when something that they're saying in a story or something that you know is a stressor in their life. If you weren't in the friend zone, you'd be more likely to ask more questions, get them talking more, that kind of stuff. Versus if you're in the friend zone, you might be more reluctant to challenge because you're just like, man, that sucks. That kind of, you're more like corroborating with them versus actually saying, well, do you see how this might be contributing to your symptoms versus just saying something like, oh my gosh, that totally sucks. When I also had the same situation and now all of a sudden we're in like a back and forth conversation, you're sharing more personal stuff than you would probably normally in a, in a different scenario. Now they're feeling even more connected with you because you're sharing their your personal stuff. And now it's we're just in this friend cycle that is that where your friendship, quote unquote, is actually getting stronger. And it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. I think that's interesting too, right? That's a conversational tendency that we have when we're with friends. And this might be one of the reasons it's also easy to fall into this is that this is just like the pattern of conversation that we have or that we're used to of, man, I, you know, you tell a story and then you're conversating with a friend and it's like, cool, then they take that and it's their turn to, oh yeah, that's so similar to when I did that. Something like that happened to me. And that's how the flow of conversation goes. It's kind of like a ping pong match, right? If you think about a normal conversation, because otherwise you've got the friend who's just like sitting there listening to you and that's like super weird. Right. Well, and you know, I do think too, this is interesting too, to think about how many of us got into pelvic floor after we've had a baby or if you've had pelvic floor dysfunction issues yourself, you've been, maybe you have endo, maybe you get it with how difficult that stuff is, right? So it's easy to, and I think sometimes we can trick ourselves into thinking that, oh, if I share my story with this patient, we're gonna create this really cool bond. And while I do think that there is some advantages and merit to letting them know that you've been there too, we have to be super careful, especially if you've had pelvic floor issues yourself or a birth trauma story yourself, not to insert too much of your personal stuff into their session. Because at the end of the day, it's their session. They're there for your help. And that extra sharing of personal information can be misconstrued as getting into the friend zone and or, again, going back to distraction, distracting you from their story and their journey and what they need from you. And it's not that ping pong kind of conversation back and forth at that point, right? Because if you're a friend, you both should be talking about half the time. That's what makes a good friendship is that you're going back and forth. When you're a clinician, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole, but it probably shouldn't be 50-50. No, I mean, for sure not. I mean, I really believe that the patient should be talking most of the time with us prompting questions to them to help us then help the patient to make conclusions about their own life together, right? That's like the definition of motivational interviewing, where we are prompting self-reflection to patients, and we can only do that if we're listening more than we're talking. 
And if we are in that zone where we're just like, oh my gosh, and then I was out this weekend with so-and-so and blah, 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 and this happened. And oh my gosh, have you been to this bar over here and whatever? Or have you been to this playground? I'm having such a hard time with my nanny. Oh my gosh, you too. Where are you getting yours from? Now all of a sudden it's like, we're not talking about that person's prolapse anymore or how they should be breathing. Or we might be missing an opportunity to get them off of the table to do a functional movement screen internally with the pelvic floor because we've now gotten caught in talking about something that is tangentially relevant to them. But now all of a sudden we're inserting your personal stuff and now we've gotten off topic and and off track. So I think it's important to realize that this is totally natural for that to happen. And it's something to be thinking about in terms of like, can you identify right now somebody who kind of is starting to creep into that friend zone or maybe is fully in that friend zone and you're just like, oh, I just look forward to seeing them. I don't even care about their prolapse. Is that something that you're dealing with? It's likely something that's at least a temptation because some of our patients are cool people. Like they should be like that. But what do you do, Nicole, if you recognize that, hey, this is getting a little bit too friendly or our sessions have gotten a little bit too conversational and not clinically focused, or I'm losing some of that clinical distance, where do you go? Because it, it, the temptation is there for, I think, everybody, right? Totally. It's there for, for everybody. And it will happen to you. I mean, there's I've gotten into the friend zone with patients where all of a sudden I'm just like, shit, like this is, I would definitely, you know, and maybe when I'm documenting or something, I'm like, damn it, I didn't do that with so-and-so. And then if you really think about it, it's like, ah, shoot, it's because we were talking about whatever, basketball refereeing or their kids with basketball. And I'm now helping them decide what they she should be talking about to the coach for their referee situation. Like there's just so many areas where you don't acknowledge it in the moment, you acknowledge it later. So, but one of the first steps is to acknowledge or identify where this might be an issue for you. And not maybe with one individual patient, but if with a type of patient, do you tend to do this with all new moms? Do you tend to do this with somebody that's your same age? Do you have a tendency to do it with someone that's outside of your age because someone reminds you of your mom or something like that? So I feel like it's important to look and see, number one, is this happening to you? Number two, if that is happening to you, is it a one-off situation? Maybe it's happened a few times, or is it actually a pattern? And depending on what your personality is, it might actually be more of a pattern. We've had people that work for us that have definitely gotten into the friend zone way too often, way too fast to a point where it was very obvious that like I needed to say something because it was like, you could just tell the conversation leaving the appointment session was completely non-clinical. It wasn't like, hey, make sure you check to the front with Carrie to make sure that you schedule your once a week. Make sure, you know, my schedule's getting a little bit full. Make sure you book out. It was laughing, laughing, laughing. Ha ha ha. Oh my gosh. Tell me what happens when you call that guy and you tell him whatever. And it was just like, okay, like that. I'm not saying never, never learn anything personal about your patient or share a laugh or two even frequently. But what I am saying is that we can't let that get in the way of that that clinical conversation and what you would, how you would normally treat a patient. So the first step is certainly acknowledgement. Well, I like that example too, Nicole, right? Because then that patient comes up to the front and I've been sitting at the front when this happens and you're like, cool, so what are we scheduling for you? Are we on the once a week plan? And they inevitably go, oh, 
I don't know. I, I, I need to go. I need to ask, I guess. I, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to come back? And then they're like running back down toward the therapist. It's like, well, I think that might have been more important to discuss than, you know, what you were going to text back that guy. Right. When you were, you know, you're overhearing that conversation. So you can see how that affects. And again, it doesn't mean no fun, no connection, no laughing. Nicole's not. Not that crazy. That crazy. <laughs> But is it interfering with that role? Is it starting to interfere in ways that you might not even see with your patient's progress with some of that stuff? Totally. And then I think one of the things you always talk about, Nicole, it's like you're the one driving that. Like you're in control as the provider, as the clinician. Like nobody comes to pelvic PT hoping to make a friend. No, but I do think though that because of the nature of what we're doing, like I said at the beginning, that they're in a position where they are vulnerable and sharing things with you that they maybe never have before to anybody else. And we're talking about peeing, pooping, and sex and your sex life and how's that impacting your marriage and all kinds of things like that really early. It's easy for them to fall into that. And I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we hold that clinical line and be professional and make sure that we're driving the boundaries of the relationship. And if we find ourselves in a situation where we really can't do that or we don't want to do that anymore, again, that's totally valid. We just need to acknowledge it, identify it, and then be upfront with the patient about it. Because if you do want to go out with them, or you do hit it off to the point where you're like, wow, this, I've never met a person like this. This is amazing. This is like best friend quality. I mean, we've had those that happen. That's okay. We just need to be the, in the professional role and remain professional so that we can help them to transfer care or delay that friend relationship until your work is done as their pelvic floor therapist. Right. So I think that's basically it, right, Nicole? Is like acknowledge that that's a temptation for you with that person. Be professional while they're in your care. And then if that friendship is important to you and you think that that person is somebody that you really do want to hang out with, just let them know, be upfront. Like that means either we need to have you see another physical therapist if that's an option for you, or that needs, that's great, but that that going out to lunch or going out to happy hours got to wait until we get this prolapse year resolved. So let's hone in on that shit, get that knocked right. out so we can go get some drinks later. Right. And so that, and that brings up a good point too, where it's interesting because I feel like sometimes we can think that we want to go into that friend zone, but when we actually give that option to patients, they pick you being their therapist. They won't pick you being their friend. They'll pick you to continue their care. Ooh, that's a truth bomb right there. Yeah. And so that is what happens a lot of the times. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to give the patient that choice if we find ourselves all the way down that road. And the real key is, is to identify that it's happening earlier, especially if you have a tendency with this in either your personality or just pattern with some of your own history and make sure that that clinical line and the clinical relationship maintains that clinical role before we get all the way down that line. But if we do get down that line, then you need to stop, pause, and give them that choice to stop therapy, hang out and be friends and go to a different person. My guess is that they'll choose to have you to continue their care. So, and then we can revert right back. And then again, we can still have fun in the session. We, We want it to be a happy, calm place for people We want people to want to come in and trust us, 
but we still have to maintain our doctoral level clinical responsibility to that, that patient. All right, guys, I hope this has been helpful. I wonder if you guys are thinking about this, if you can think of an example in your practice, let us know. Let us know if you have questions. Let us know if you've had a challenge with it or if you found a really good way to deal with this. Because sometimes our people really are cool people and our model does give us a lot of time with them that a lot of medical providers don't get. So hope that that has been helpful. And for those of you guys who are on your way to Pelvicon, we are excited to meet you. Make sure you come up say hi. If you are missing out on it, there will be an option to get a recording. We'll let you guys know more about that. But man, this is going to be a great week, Nicole. I cannot believe by the time you guys are hearing this, we're going to be on our way to Atlanta to get this whole thing set up. That's actually pretty crazy. We, we've been planning this for well over a year now. It, you know, it launched on Black Friday. We were talking about it months before then. And so, yeah, well over a year. This is in the making. You guys can all pray for me and Jessica with our anxiety that it is like the absolute best conference that anybody has ever attended. So we hope that we will be able to deliver on that goal. And we're happy to have see all of you there. One of my favorite comments, somebody wrote to us when you were talking about, we obviously do have some nerves about doing something for the first time and wanting to make sure it's amazing for you guys. Somebody wrote to us and was just like, you know what? You guys could be holding this thing under a bridge and I would still want to be there and be in the room. Oh, yeah, that was a, an Instagram comment, I think. That was awesome. And I was like, you know what? That is something good to be thinking about. So maybe yeah. next year we don't even need the hotel, Nicole. <laughs> just stick out on the street. No problem. Tent City, Pelican. Yeah, like, uh, what is that? Burning Man style. Yeah, Burning Man style. <laughs> Not Fire Festival. We don't want that. No. Nope. All right, guys. It has been a pleasure to be talking about this with you guys. If you have questions, let us know. We always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.